Hello. Hey. Yes. Hey. Sorry, man. Okay, okay. I shall make this fast. Part two, I, part I know two. you Come. are very busy. Um, no, no, no. I'm good. Okay. Um, let's talk about how you work with uh, actors. Do you do a lot of rehearsals? Um, I try as much as I can. I would say I'll start from the casting stage. Uh. Mm. Even from the casting stage, we are. I'm sort of doing a script read with them already. Okay. To uh, see if they can, if I can push them. Mm. I believe that like, when you cast well, uh, half your job battle is won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay, but are you particular with their performances, or like uh, you would tweak them to what you think they are supposed to do, or like uh, you just maybe ask them to do another one just for posterity, or like uh, what's your process like with working with their performances? Um, I think I would say more than fifty percent is done. Okay, no, the fifty percent of my headache is clear is one thing, but mm. uh, in terms of performance. I think during the script read and the rehearsal, we more or less is already nailing things down and tweaking it already. So that's where we explore. I mean, sometimes they are almost there where I want it. I will not push, but I will ask them to try something different. Mm. Um, I often like to ask them to go the opposite direction yep. to see how things would turn out. Uh, and just explore and see how things go. Uh, especially when um, your rehearsal is more or less, you know what you want already. They know what you can do already. And when you come out and you just do it and you have the time, uh, I often ask them to go opposite direction. Okay. Or I do a take where I tell them not to say anything. Oh, you see. Okay. So... And then I'll start to observe their, the way they use their body language to tell that scene. And the camera can just focus on those little Nuances, moments. Okay. Yeah, I can use for intercutting to, or to enhance as like uh, sort of like undercurrent to what they are saying or what is in their mind. Like uh, for Twisted, you have Mark Lee working on that, right? Yeah. So how how was like uh, was there a lot of tweaking or like oh he does whatever he wants and then <laughs> you know very much when during rehearsal like I said most of the things are already set during that time mm. uh, and then before we shoot we're gonna block right then the camera knows where to be they stand in and then they rehearse the lines with the actors sometimes they just wanna change things mm. and very often he almost gets where I want him to go already. He is very, very sensitive and he's very accurate. Mm. And he sometimes can give very good suggestions. Mm. Uh, and you just let them be. Uh. I very often like to be surprised. Mm. Of course, not in the way where it's not controlled. Uh, but when you do enough of your homework with the uh, with the cast, uh, mm. when you're on set and you're you are able to get yourself into that that situation with the costume, with your co-actors. You can often push yourself even further or immerse yourself even better and give yourself a, some surprises that you won't otherwise be, you know. Sometimes it's the props themselves that will give you that surprise and the good actors will sort of take advantage of it. Mm. I, uh, Mark Lee is those very intuitive one, but he's very effective. 
he goes straight to where he thinks is going to nail it first and then you can play from there I see. you know what I'm trying to say okay yeah sure, sure. he's very professional he's mm. extremely professional okay um, from what I know that uh, for blood ties was uh, we heard you know there was a very good performance from this uh, very young girl uh, oh Joey, Joey Leung. Leung. <laughs> and uh, even after that uh, she came on our set for Finding Spiders season 2 so mm. how, how was her uh, working with her and her performances like um, she is I think the good thing about actresses like her she is very intuitive mm. but at the same time you could tell that as a child star she has seen a lot and she has learned a lot from other people okay. uh, from the peers around her like many actors similar to her kind of background you, you can tell that they have already come with certain canned performance mm-hmm. uh, preconceptions yep but the good thing is, for Joey, she was also very cooperative mm. and willing to try. Okay. And I mean, I love it when actors are willing to just put themselves out there and try things that they might not be familiar with. Yep. Because in the end, for us, it's all about creating illusions, right? Be using a different set of um, emotions to portray your performance that may not be the same as the character itself. Yep. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, of and, course. But in the end, it's that illusion that you create on that split second uh, mm. that may make an ordinary performance more much than what it is. And the actors themselves might not even realize that. I'm just grateful for those actors who are willing to go on that experimentation with me like, sometimes. Yeah. That takes a lot of trust, lah. But how how do you do? How do you make somebody to trust you? Let's say they haven't worked with you, or they, uh, of course, by now you have some level of a reputation. But then, uh, in your early days, or how how do you get someone to to win over somebody's trust? That <laughs> in the early days, no, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I I was really um, I don't want to say bullied, lah. But I I I learned a lot from my. From, from the people that I work with. La. Yep. Not just from the actors, but from the, the crew themselves. Mm. Even Derek, you know, taught yep. me a lesson or two, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm constantly being challenged as well as uh, learning from different actors. Mm. Uh, some established ones, uh, some new ones. Yep. Uh, but I, I often try to keep the set and everyone jovial, mm. even though it could be a sad scene, it could be a, you know, uh, but everyone should be in a very relaxed environment. Mm. Um, it's it's when everyone's too overthinking and stressing each other out. Uh, mm. That's where you feel, you know, you're not being able to focus on on creating. Okay. Then, then the work will suffer. Uh. Um, I, I often feel it's partly maybe usually due to how the the feelings on the sets are usually. Okay, that's, yeah. that's very true. So, so to maintain a very uh, calm and uh, jovial uh, set environment, you know, keeping everybody relaxed is a very important job, I think, not just for myself, but... The pro- production crew and everyone. Yep. Okay. You know. Yeah. That's true. 
actors that are there any that really like uh, uh, they are sort of like inspire you to like oh, after that you know you would uh, you would work with actors differently that really inspire us that wow this actor was really something else and then maybe next time I'll, instead of what I was used to is there any actors that you come across early in your career or lately or in between that you are inspired and after that you change your directing I think there are many. I, I, I wouldn't say there's just one. That there are many who challenged me. Yeah. Who um, so in the early days, like I would say maybe I wasn't very comfortable. I was not so comfortable, but I didn't know how to handle Hong Kong actors. Okay. Uh, where again, I, I worked with one, two, three of them, and um, and they seem to have certain. Uh, working styles that by the time I started working with some on my second film and I tried to change my uh, uh, way of communicating with them it worked wonderfully and then I realized wow you know being a director is very much uh, learning how to communicate with different people of different sensitivity and different wavelengths okay um, they're also making different actors of different levels work together mm. uh, in a, a makeable way. Yep. I mean, sometimes I can't help that. Lah. I mean, because some actors don't like to work with certain actors. It's very hard for me to, to change that. Not to change that. Right. But uh, as much as I can, lah, you know, for, for those good ones, you try not to hold them back. Mm. That's what I realized. You mm. let them, um, have their own take on things and often you know it's not something that changes your story and you cannot cut with um, okay. you you might actually learn to uh, I learned to be more a lot more relaxed now okay. you know in letting letting things happen than to uh, than to insist on things happening you okay. you do those insisting in the beginning before you shoot when you go to set you let it flow okay. you know so is there any like actors that you really inspire or like wow this person is like on a different level wow they all I, I would say like different ones have all been you know working with people like Yin Yan working with uh, Zheng Pei Pei uh, I would say like Zheng Pei Pei is one of those that I really was in awe with mm. uh, for her professionalism okay okay uh, maybe let's put Zheng Pei Pei as, as, as an example she is one of those that showed me how I can expect from professional actors, regardless of what level you are at. She will willingly go there and stand while the gaffers are setting up lights. Mm. Because she said, hey, you guys are lighting me. You're not let lighting a stand-in, right? Mm. Wow. Um, <laughs> even if the camera's not on her, she insists to be there to be the one feeding the lines. Wow. Pro- very professional. Mm. You know, you'll be surprised there are actors who don't want to do that. Yep. Uh, but I feel more confident in in uh, demanding some of these things when I work with actors of different levels. How is your process with working with DPs? DOPs. Uh? Mm. Mm. Interesting. Okay, the way I work with Derek and the way I work with Amandi very different. 
Very if interesting. You can share. Uh, <laughs> actually, okay, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll actually share is uh, things first. Um, okay, yeah. actually, Avanti is. Yeah, uh, I really uh, uh, recorded him uh, last week, <laughs> <laughs> so he'll come out uh, in the CCB special after Kingwa. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. Did, did okay. he talk about talk working with me? <laughs> yes, he did. He did. He did. Yeah, it's quite funny. <laughs> good okay, things so, are good things. Yeah. So you see, I, I was working with uh, Derek, right? It was uh, very, very much planning is very key. We sit down. We don't really draw storyboards, but we draw very technical, almost engineering uh, drawings. Ah, <laughs> uh. we we have the layout of the place. Okay, and okay. then we'll start. I'd, in the early days, we actually have little characters standing there, and then we say the camera here, camera here, camera here, camera here. You know, then we calculate how many shots. Okay, so this scene is how many shots like that. This one is close up. This one is right, uh, like that. Ah, uh, then we'll draw on that on that layout where the camera position is. Okay. Yeah. Then the AD can go and test. Can go and plan ready. Also, no. This scene, how many camera? How many setups? What's the camera position? Okay. Then once we are on set, more or less execution radio. Okay. Right. It, it's very technical, and mm. then we'll do that for every scene. I yep. actually enjoy this process very much. Okay. I really enjoy this process because um, there are times where I just talk about this is how I envision it to be shot, mm. and then Derek will, why not you do this? Do this? Ah, that's a good way, you no? Know? And then sometimes you have to. Then it's a discussion because very much, it's not about coverage. Yep. It's also about how do you want to use your camera to tell that emotions and of show the stories, mm. right? Then there's the balance of okay, you want to shoot this versus do you want to, hey, you know, hey, we have no time, huh? <laughs> okay. We have to we have to give up certain things, huh? Okay. We sometimes have to throw things away and say, hey, fuck it, can we just do this, this and then just move on? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Because that that's the perfect plan, and then you go on set. Hmm. Got time lah? Eh, no time already. Ah, okay. Ah, never mind. Just do this and then move on. No, so you have to learn how to give and take lah. I'm not the type who insists must be hundred percent. You know, okay. ah, that 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 thing twitch a bit. You know, if, I mean, of course, if it's close up on the face and you twitch, then cannot lah. No, sometimes I I'm not so anal on mm. on um. Oh, I plan it to be like this. It must be like this. I see. Uh, if on set things change, mm. oh, well, you have to adapt, lah. You know. Cool. Um, for Amandi, I remember, wow, working with the AD. The AD was like, I need to shop this. I need to shop this. I need to know the layout. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Uh, I remember it was, it was Tiffany. Then we did a one or two projects. And then, then our time, I we were with another. Another AD, I think, uh, just wasn't wasn't around him. Me and Mandy were going through, going through, and then need to have a shortlist. Then, then Mandy was like, "Hey, you sure you want to go through this with me? No need, lah." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "You know what? We 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 don't really look at this one, right? We go on set and we just <laughs> like, like, okay, okay, let's go." Uh, Okay, okay, but I still need to come up with something so that he, she can go and plan the timing, lah. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So, aga, aga, <laughs> I do all the things out, and then once I'm on set, lah. Okay, after this this shot, we go to the next shot. They will the time. Me and Amandi will go there and la 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 la. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and it was very organic working with him. Often he, we, we, we more or less, we, when we talked about the short, how I want to set up, I think he knows it intuitively when I do. Where, naturally, where I stand now, it's already almost where I want the camera to be already. I see. Yeah, and so he'll know as aga aga or where I am looking at the shot. You know, if he thinks there's a better one, he can do it, then he'll suggest. Lah. Yeah, but often I already have something in mind. Mm-hmm. For me, that one is like a backup. So if you have something better, I'll, then I'll take yours. If not, at least there's something to fall back on. I know exactly how I want to tell the story. You okay. know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the main thing about this is that uh, for um, Benjamin, it's obviously your, one of your latest works and uh, you already have a lot of uh, unfair tools, la, your own tools. <laughs> uh, so, in terms of post, you yeah, know. yeah. So, well, I still want to gather some <laughs> production stuff, you know? Yeah. Okay, so <coughs> what I mean is that uh, was Amandi very into degrading or was it uh, mostly on your side? Um, maybe let's not talk about ben- not just Benjamin's last day. With Benjamin last day, and we took it a different level with um, with uh, what's that? Uh, sister. Mm. So for Benjamin's last day, right? Uh, we have a color palette. Okay. In mind. Mm. So more, he actually proposed the color palette to me. Mm. Okay. And I was like, wow, yes, this is good. You no, know? and we'll go. And when we are shooting and looking at the locations, we more or less were looking for those primary colors mm. that we wanted to have that tone uh, and how we can achieve it at the different locations. Mm-hmm. And so for in post, it was uh, in a way grading towards that look. Okay. Uh, and so um, he likes to be involved as well and then he, he'll be working with the colorist to, to get it tweaked there. Mm-hmm. And that was, the, the Benjamin Sussley was quite an interesting look in the sense that we were, I was working with Jinping on, mm. on this project. Mm. So for a while, we couldn't... Again, I think it's my fault of being unable to articulate exactly how I want. Mm. And then I, I was like saying, hey, never mind, why not you give me two shots and then I'll grade them then you use that as the base to grade the rest. Mm. And so I graded two main shots first to the look that I want. And I said, hey, this is the look I want. And then she took it to, to, to do it for the rest of the film. And that okay. was how that look, the grade for that film was uh, was was done. Mm. Uh, it was quite interesting. As she was doing it, who's that? Uh, Amandi comes in and then give his take on it also. Okay. And that's how it evolved to how it eventually looked. The the main thing I want to say is that as directors, right, um, your knowledge of the post um, obviously has grown through the years. Like we, when you were uh, just a gun for hire doing uh, all the feature films uh, nearly near, or near to 10 years ago uh, or like six, seven years ago. And now, do you think it affects your directing now? Like, knowing that, you know, it's going to be graded this way, it's going to be shot this way, it's going to be edited this way, it's going to be colored this way, is it? It, it makes me more at ease on set and oh. more confident of what can be done okay. and what cannot be done. Okay. And I know immediately when certain workflow is going to cause trouble and I'll be there to spot it first. I see. So, for instance, there's an upcoming uh, project mm. that will be done in... 
Taiwan. We're not announcing mm. it yet. Okay, nah. sure, sure. No and uh, they are planning to be have an onset editor, a good mm-hmm. one, and this and that. Mm-hmm. And but I was confident enough to tell them, hey, no, you don't need. Mm. Just get me a junior editor. Mm. In fact, it can be a school student, fresh graduate, whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. Why? Because I will be bringing the laptop, yep. the storage mm. loaded with the software, mm. as well as an eGPU. Mm. And then I'll teach that guy to set up and do everything during pre-production even. Mm. Okay. That person just need to learn the workflow that I teach him. End of story. Then do the rest. Mm. I can I and I can leave them to do it, you know, while I focus on my things. So being confident of what the post can do makes me more relaxed on set. Okay. In the sense that I know ah certain things gonna work. Certain mm. things won't work. Okay. Ah. I was talking about uh, how in on sister the way Amandi and myself work slightly mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. So yep. we created a show LUT and shoot it with a show LUT. And then when we are on set, right? We are actually loaded and we are watching the film with a show light. So the film already had a look already. Okay. On set. What camera is that? Through the camera, it doesn't look neutral. It looks graded to that bluish look. What camera was that? C700. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And then when we go to post, right, uh, recall we was too rushed. It was very rushed. We were doing the audio and then the color. My guys were totally busy and we had no time to color grade but I was confident with our workflow enough I basically applied the show light to the entire final cut mm. and I tweaked to match them and during the public screening it was ungraded with just the show light matched mm. and, it works. <laughs> and it works quick and dirty you know so mm. you learn to because of how confident I am of the workflow right mm. you know where you can save your time okay this is something I, I guess having the the knowledge of post allows me to to be more uh, confidence lah. I would say lah okay. in doing different things. So the, the, I mean, it goes it goes with experience, right? I mean, the yep. more you direct, the mm. more you feel more confident at different stages of things. Also, right? yeah, but you you must know there's quite a lot of uh, directors that are known as like actors, directors, or like you know. Mm. Uh, and there are some that completely zero on technical things on zero. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying that it's right. But uh, it's just, you know, there are the discipline of uh, uh, the skill set of the director needs to um, look after is so much that uh, obviously there'll be some that he'll be clueless with. And mm. uh, uh, it, it will inform what kind of directing he is, la, I think. I... I'm biased, lah. Of course, I'll say that post is important, right? <laughs> or, or not say post technical because, mm-hmm. um, to me, post is just one aspect. I mean, you, I I really am into also, oh, you know, knowing your lenses, yep. uh, knowing your codecs, mm. uh, how that affects uh the look of your film, yep. uh, knowing your making sure your sound mm. is well, uh, picked up so mm-hmm. that in post, uh, you know you really literally won't be fixing problem. In Just like if, let's say, if someone's directing for the theater, mm. I would imagine that person would want to have some knowledge on how a set can be built, can be presented, how lighting can 
affect the mood of the whole uh, play and musical. Um, and how blocking, you know, uh, can affect the, the, the performance. Similarly, those I think those aesthetics uh, applies to filmmaking because it's also a different art form, a different uh, way of uh, telling your stories. Um, you can't say a person who knows how to paint uh, don't need to know how to use his brushes. Mm. I understand what you mean. It's it's another level yeah. of expression, isn't it? Yeah. So some people yeah. maybe if you're a filmmaker and yep. you don't want to learn how to use your camera mm. to tell your stories, the lens, the picture, the the, the sound mm. to tell your story, then why be a filmmaker? <laughs> Just write a novel, lah. You know. Uh, <laughs> okay. And and there's also the, the yeah you you can't. You can't just say, ah, leave it to the DP, you know, because the DP doesn't know how you're going to cut the film. Ah, just focus on the performance. What if the camera is not looking at her eye, not focused on the eye, you know, mm. not focused on the right parts. Mm. You cannot say you don't care. I, I feel uh, as a filmmaker, you need to know your brushes. I think I think the main thing is that uh, because you are so deep into it, obviously it's something you're very passionate about. Um and also for me, la, of course, I'm, I'm also quite biased that, you know, I also try to learn a little bit more technical stuff than the norm. Uh, but it is a, a method of expression. You, yeah, yeah, you can't say it doesn't help. You <laughs> of cannot does. deny, you cannot <laughs> say it doesn't help. Of course, directing actors are important. But so is the technical part. Yep. Um, look at Scorsese. You know what he says? He says he can't wait to jump into the editing room, you know, after shooting the film. Correct. I can totally understand that. Mm. You know, look at Spielberg. He knows his film stock mm. and the kind of look, how to achieve the kind of look Camera he wants. Camera moves, yeah. Yeah. Mm. He doesn't say, oh, let someone else decide how it looks. No. Mm. It is one of the tools that we use to tell our stories. We cannot know the tools. Let's go to a bit more technical, so but very seldom is that you have actually the the audio house is together with the uh, visual shop because uh, they're kind of of different discipline. But for you, uh, because obviously you start from the visual cam first, how important is sound in filmmaking? Uh, if you ask the Netflix uh, audio people right they mm. say it's 61 percent 51 percent of the experience right? oh, it's, it's, you know it's <laughs> yeah yeah it's quite funny huh? don't know if i'm paraphrasing them i mean i'm quoting them correctly but but, Correct. but yeah it's but slightly more important than that, of course like some people will say that but um it is true you have to see sound and picture as complementary correct I mean, we're not in the days of uh, of uh, yeah, silent films, but even back in the days of the silent films, they have the live orchestra music to help with the emotions, to either stir the emotions or, you know. So there always is that sound aspect to the picture as well. From silent movies with live uh, orchestral to these days you have your... I mean, then you have your stereo, then you have your talkies, right? Mm-hmm. Then it becomes your surround, and then your 5.1, mm. 7.1, and now you have your Atmos. Um, I just see it as you're having 
last time you have your typewriter and now you have your computer. Like, you know, there are still tools for mm. you to use. Mm. Uh, and if you want to, uh, you know, make very good use of your tools and do something people have never seen before, that's where I think you will stand out. Uh, one very good filmmaker that I would say has used technology to his advantage uh, time and again and again, right, is James Cameron. He's one of those that, oh, look at technology and say, how do I use technology to bring audience back to the cinema? Mm. Right? Yep. So he did that with uh, Avatar. He did that with Terminator 2. Mm. You know, at one point, people keep wanting to try high frame rate, right? Yep. I got a feeling it's going to be a more like what will work is eventually it's going to be variable frame rate. Mm. I'm not sure how technically that can be properly done. Mm. But I think variable frame rate will be where we are heading eventually. You mean you can control whether you can slow down or speed up something? Okay, could certain parts of the film be running at 60 frames per second? Mm. And then certain parts is 24 frames per second. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer. Because right now you play a film is either 24 all the way or 25 all the way or 60 all the way, you know? You, 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 even the high frame rate is 60 all the way, 48 all the way. Could right. you have, say, oh, at this part is 24, at this part is 60, mm. at certain part is not, you know? Mm. 30, you know? Yeah, it's something that uh, could it be used as a tool mm. to, to play with people's emotions, you know? So... Talking yeah. about technology, how are you with like a VR or, uh, you know, um, augmented reality and things like that? What, what do you think of filmmaking going that direction? Mm, I think I'm not familiar enough. <laughs> oh, it's a fat, it's a fat like you know? 3D. You know, like uh, I, I think 3D actually had more mass appeal mm. uh, than even VR at one, at, at at this point. Mm. Um, let's say VR, you know, VR is. I think they are still trying to find its use. Yep. I've seen a few cases of VR where storytelling is being used, and it's really immersive. I really enjoy it, mm. but they are not live action. Okay. They are animated uh, and they are partially interactive. It's mm. almost like a game. Okay. Almost like a game. Mm. Um, and I see VR storytelling to really take off in terms of game-like experience. Um, I mean, I'll give an example. Um, something like uh, Uncharted. Okay, let's say Uncharted. Mm. Uncharted and ah, this one called Last of Us. Okay, yeah, let's Last put of Last, us, of us, yeah. Last of Us, Last of Us, and Uncharted. Mm, coming up, eh? <laughs> can you can you deny that they are not great writing? They They're are so great writing. Well written. The writing is so good. Yep. It is a game. It is interactive. Yep. He has a great story. So, so who is to say that? And I say, if VR is gonna go in that direction. You know, um, it could, um, where we could be engaged in a good story while being involved in it as well. Um, Resident Evil 7, right? Yep. Has a VR version of it. Mm. Ah, so why not? But 
like I said, I think VR may not gain that kind of mass the way 3D has mm. and had. Mm. Uh, and and until then, uh, until the goggles shrink in size, it's going <laughs> to be even tougher. Uh, you know? 3D has come and gone for many, many years or so, you know. Even back in the days when the, 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 the first projectors would be, Lumiere Brothers were already experimenting with 3D, you know. And yep. come and gone, come and gone, come and gone. Even the most recent Avatar and up to now. I still love my 3D films, to be honest. Okay. Uh, but uh, I think it, this round it has stayed around longer than, than most people expect them to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at home. Maybe not at home, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, definitely at the theaters, I don't mind paying more for the 3D experience. Okay. All these new technologies, the one that I'm most excited about yep. is actually HDR. Because to me, HDR is the most visually impactful. Mm. Um, even an old man can see it. Old mm. lady can see it. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, and you don't have to wear 3D glasses to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, that would come when we have more displays that are more HDR, I guess. I think exactly. that's the Even thing. the cinema yeah. hasn't got HDR, so... Yeah, yeah. Yet, it's like, gonna, yet. I would say let's wait another 5 to 10 years. Then you got to buy another set of uh, Blu-ray again. Uh, I think physical media might be bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Even, really, I think... Yeah. That's I true. mean, not, I, I, I like to collect things. You know, they will be in the form of collectibles, yes. Mm. But they probably will not be mass already. People yeah. are going to consume things by... People are, are, have shown the willingness to pay for the intangible. Yeah. Uh, for But for me, um, unfortunately, I still collect Blu-rays and those are... So, but you become a bit more precious like which one to buy lah. Yeah, it becomes a collect. If it comes in a box with yep. collectors with numbers, okay, I'll mm, buy. Yep. Skywalker uh, set. Are you gonna get that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like Parasite, you know, four uh, K. Okay. By um, the way, uh, mm. yeah, you might want to buy the four K iTunes uh, Parasite soon mm, because uh, within the next one week or so, it, mm. we're gonna launch a black and white version. Wow. On iTunes. Wow. Is it together with if you buy the color version? Yes. Oh. So if you have the color one, uh, you'll be upgraded. But uh, is it 4K or is it what? We we are upgrading it 4K. Wow. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, last question. Okay. Uh, now it will be because uh, this podcast is mainly more for like a lot of young new uh filmmakers, directors and what does directors encompass and then uh uh, so, what would be your advice for up and coming directors? Somebody who's like from the YouTube age, or like you know, they want to do a series, they want to do a feature film that's going to be on iTunes or whatever. What what kind of advice do you have for those directors? I I, I see YouTube as a as sort of like people who's learning to uh, opportunity for people to actually leap onto the bigger platforms are okay. uh, much better than what the opportunities that we used to have. For us, the only outlets back then was uh, local film festivals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we take part and hopefully we get our exposure from there. Mm-hmm. Um, then someone discover, hopefully you get to the big picture cinema. Now, you don't really have to. You just have to put something up online. Anyone can be you know, can can make it big. Um, 
but in a way, I think it forces them to up their game in storytelling, but in how do you engage the audience, but how do you pace your story, and how do you um, up your quality to match those who are equally putting themselves out on the free platform mm. or cheap platform, you know? Mm. Um, whether they will be able to leap from YouTube to Netflix mm. will depending will depend on their willingness to say they are, whether they want to uh, learn how to you know upgrade every aspect of their filmmaking of their but, storytelling. But so far, I haven't seen like um, in the West, I mean, don't talk about in Singapore or whatever. In the in the West, the the pattern I have never seen like wow, this guy is a great. YouTuber, let's get him on the next Hollywood feature film. I never heard that jump. Is there any that you've heard um, before like this? YouTuber in terms of filmmaker or as a YouTuber? YouTuber in, uh, making film, like a filmmaker kind of YouTube videos. But if you're talking in terms of like YouTube celebrity influencer kind of person, they are aiming to become a celebrity more than Mm, filmmaker those filmmakers type will probably be still they are you know making short films that make the impact so I'll give you two examples of uh, short films that jumped into the big big ones Lights Out is one of them Okay. it started as a short film that wow so many people James Wan went to grab it and turn it into a feature film you know he didn't direct he got them to he produced them the Emancipation of... Uh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Mm. Yes. That was a film type, first-time filmmaker. And she only did short films before. In YouTube. Um, maybe not YouTube, but festival. Okay. She was discovered. So, it's not saying that you cannot be discovered. I mean, YouTube, if you dare to put it up on YouTube, kudos to you. Like, Lights Out was, on, was discovered on YouTube. But YouTube is... The, the problem is that there's so much... That's the issue. If you were doing YouTube 10 years ago, uh, you don't have to fight as much as even five years ago. <laughs> but it's it, nowadays, there's a deluge that you you like something so much on today, uh, Monday, and then tomorrow you just, there's the next guy. La. You have to see all these platforms as individuals, right? Expressing themselves, you know, if you think about it. Yep. Um, before YouTube, what was YouTube? The predecessor. Uh, I would say blogging was it. Yep. You know, YouTube is just video blogging, if mm. you think about it. You yeah. know, and then the quality got to the point where it rivals broadcast shows. And so they themselves got the uh, advertising money from the broadcasted people because their reach is getting wider and wider than compared to the platforms. Mm. And so in a way, that has become a new platform where con- content is being consumed. You, you just have to think of them as platforms. Just like TikTok is another platform. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and, and we're just going to have different ways where people will express themselves and people uh, finding ways to consume them. I used to have a blog called on blogspot.com. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and it was quite popular, you know, but the thing is, where do you want to take it? It's, it's a full-time job. You know? mm. where, where do you want to see your career? Do you see YouTube as 
a place to where you are going to hone your career or do you see your career somewhere else and seeing YouTube as a as a jumping board so using YouTube for different means um, you have to decide what you want to use the different platforms for okay you know? wow hey, thanks so much anyway wow so so thankful that you're no willing to do this because and uh, yeah hope that uh, we'll get you back again because we're going to bring back even those people who come on to talk about other topics uh, maybe even go come in with other directors and I heard you know remember the last time we talked a lot about like uh, having some kind of uh, podcast that you want to do <laughs> with, uh, in a coffee shop and <laughs> <laughs> with beer with beer yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll do that we'll do yeah. that to, to me it's just a good chat with you huh? yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's a uh, fellow filmmaker and then I, I want to, maybe I should interview you I want to hear your <laughs> thoughts <laughs> no, and, I, I think the yeah, we thing should is have that, one episode with you you sharing your thoughts oh there will come a time but uh, for, for me most of the thing is that uh, when I started teaching nearly 8 years ago was I'm surprised that when I start teaching I actually learn a lot so mm. it's the same thing that when I talk to you right I'm like hey my my love of directing is almost um Re- re- yeah, reignited every time I talk to you all. It's like, you all, sometimes even like, you know, my wife is listening and they're like, wow, they are very passionate. And then we're like, then for me, I'm like, oh shit, maybe I'm not as passionate. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. but, hey, you don't. <laughs> okay, can, can I share something? Uh? I think we are all, in a way, you asking us to do this. Uh, yep. To you, you said, oh yeah, through this process, you are getting yourself rejuvenated. Yep. We ourselves are getting rejuvenated through all this process too. Okay. Why? Because we often, I feel, you know, we are in always constantly thinking about how to uh, how to survive. Uh. Mm. It, it can get a little. Uh, you, you see, people only publicize what's good. True. Their their good news, right? Yep. Um, we often get disappointed about doing better than other people or sure. something like that, right? Yep. And I mean, I feel like that for the most part of my career because I'm I'm not a Blue Dream Fong, I'm not an Anthony Chen, you know. We, <laughs> and I often question myself, why the hell am I still doing what I'm doing? I remember giving a um, presentation talking about all my failures as opposed to all my successes because mm. I say, you know, I think I've got a lot more to show in terms of failures than successes. Mm. Uh, although you people are asking me to give a talk because they think I'm a successful person but I, I hope everyone realizes hey you know we, we we all have our you know skeletons in the closet mm. things that we're not proud of mm. you know maybe we all sh- should be kinder to each other to uh, you know be more willing to look at each other and support one another yeah yeah I, I totally agree I mean so far I mean calling friends la. I mean you guys know me the only one I didn't know was Le la. I'm sure also Le was like hey so how come how come Gavin wants to call me it's like <laughs> <laughs> very strange that he's not very friendly one so, but uh, the main thing is I think um, uh, every time I hear about the Taiwanese like you know um, earlier on with um, Hu Xiaoxian and uh and they have a bunch of Taiwanese uh, filmmakers and they will hang out and they will talk and then they will discuss about the industry. I always wish to have something like that. Lah. But so <laughs> far, it's always been very clickish. It's like, this, this, this director is this click and then that director is that click. And <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, okay, lah, I have one podcast that man, I just invite as much people as I can. Lah. Yeah. 
Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, man. Thank, 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 okay. thanks so much. Sorry about let's it. Let's do some again. more. Let's, yeah, I will. Let's I will. Do more with beer, I will. With beer. I will. When we Maybe finish, circuit breaker. Film, filmmakers and we will. We will. Have a definitely. Beer. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Thanks so okay. much. Man. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh no, not weekend. This is a weekday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Bye bye. See ya. <laughs>